are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. I'm just glad to see you. You look awesome, and I'm excited to share God's Word with you today. Um, Have you come ready? You haven't convinced me quite yet. Have you come ready? (laughs) You know, when we gather like this, we gather to worship. It also informs how we live our lives through the rest of the week and what we practice. So while worship is broad, right, it's not just about, you know, um, maybe reading my Bible and praying. It's really about how I live my life through the whole week. And, and it's about how I treat other people and how I go about my work and how I go about school and everything else. But there are certain practices that we do here that kind of prepares us for those practices through the week. And I'm excited that Chris shared with us that 360-some people have committed to read the Bible through this year who are part of this community of faith. It's not too late to jump on that boat, by the way. You could still commit and become a part of that. And, uh, and then it's also awesome that um, we are taking this emphasis in prayer. I saw an article a while back, and the title of the article was, Why Don't We Pray? So it caught my attention, and knowing this series was coming up, I began to kind of struggle with that question and begin to think about possible answers to the question. Why don't we pray? And so I think there's lots of reasons, and there's lots of things that hinder people from praying. Uh, And so in conversations that I've had with people, and in things that I've read, and just in my own life, I think one of the things is that people sometimes say, I'm just, I'm busy. I get up in the morning, I hit the ground running, I go all day, I'm exhausted when I come home, and honestly, for me to set aside time just to pray, I don't, I just don't, I'm busy. I don't think it's a great reason. We find times to do other things that are important to us, but I do think people are too busy sometimes. And I do think busyness hinders people from praying. I remember when the shutdown happened. I don't know how many people were texting me, sending me emails, calling me, having conversations with me about how their prayer life had increased because their busyness had decreased. I think, I think there's lots of possible reasons. I think that um, I think there's times when people say, you know what, I, uh, I don't pray because I've prayed in the past and God didn't answer my prayers. And so I don't even know that prayer is really a thing. I don't know that it really works. And so I just don't know what I think about prayer, so I don't pray much. And and I want to say this. Please know my heart. This is out of kindness, okay? This is not out of a, I don't, I'm I'm not seeing myself as superior in any way. but, But if a person sees prayer as being reduced only to me asking God for things, then I would just say that person has a lot of potential for growth in their relationship with God and faith and prayer. I I think there's sometimes people feel like I don't know enough about prayer. I've never really studied prayer. I don't know if they even do it right. And so I don't really engage because I just, I just, I I feel like I would need to know more if I'm going to really get serious about it. And to this point, I haven't taken the time to really educate myself there's a lot of mystery in it anyway. I just, I don't feel like I know enough, and so I don't, I don't dive in too deep because of that. 
think there's some people who would say, I, I don't pray because I don't feel like I'm really in a good place with God. Not really where I ought to be. And so I don't, if, if I tried to pray, I would have to spend the first 20 minutes repenting. And then, you know, should I really be asking God for stuff anyway if I'm not living like I should? And so I, it just kind of, you know, God kind of is distant a little bit with me because of that, or I'm distant with him. And, and then I think there's others who might say, I, I kind of like where I am with God right now. I'm not terribly shallow, but I'm not deep. And if I got really, you know, in a, in a serious conversation with God on a regular basis, then I don't know what he's going to ask of me. I kind of like it where it is right now. <laughs> I'm just okay here. I just, I, I'll just leave it where it is, you know. I think laziness can be an issue in prayer. And I think there's a lot of people who would say, Rick, I've never really developed a daily habit of having a conversation with God. I've never developed a daily practice of kind of living my life in conversation with God. just hasn't happened. So we talk often about practices. And one of the practices that we encourage everybody to make a part of your life is daily one-on-one time with God. Because we believe that what we actually do with our minds and bodies is very important. There are certain practices that we can get involved in that will change our life. You may say, I prayed the other day. It didn't make a big difference. But if you join into this practice of daily prayer, I believe that over a lifetime, it will be life transforming for you and for the people around you. And so when we say, you know, let's, let's uh, 21 days of prayer in 2022, uh, the idea is not that we'll pray for 21 days and then we'll just stop and say, okay, we're good for 2022. That's it. The, the idea, of course, is that 21 days is long enough to form a habit, a practice, and of course that we would pray through the year together. So far I've only talked about prayer from our perspective Is there any way to kind of maybe try to understand prayer from God's perspective? What does God think about you? What does God think about me and our relationship to praying? So my friend Mike Brooks said, I know you're preaching on prayer. Uh, Here's a book by Richard Foster that's awesome. It's simply called Prayer. Um, your heart finding its true home. And Richard Foster says these words. Today the heart of God is an open wound of love. He aches. He aches over our distance and over our preoccupation. He mourns that we don't draw near to Him. And he's inviting you, and he's inviting me to come home. For too long, we've been in a far country, a country of noise and hurry and crowds, a country of climb and push and shove. The key to this home, this heart of God, the key is prayer.
I love these words. No longer do we have to stand outside barred from nearness to God. Do you like those words? No longer do we have to stand outside barred from nearness to God by our rebellion. We may now enter through the door of God's grace and mercy in Christ Jesus. So I I don't know where you are in your own journey or where you are in your daily conversations with God. I don't know what happens in your spirit when you hear the words of Richard Foster say that God is aching over distance and preoccupation of his people. Or where you are when you think about the fact that uh, many of us have lived in a far country of noise and hurry and crowds and it's time to come home to him. But it may be that there's somebody saying, Rick, this, this series, it's, it's not an accident. It's not happenstance. It's not, it's not situational. God, God is putting all of this together. And, and you may feel like God's putting it together for you. God gives us pictures throughout the Scripture. One of the pictures that I love is with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Jesus goes to their home, and he's there for a meal. Martha, you remember the story? She's cooking. She's busy. She's got a lot to do, man. You know, I got company here. Everything's got to be right. But yet Mary is content just to sit at Jesus' feet. And finally, Martha files a complaint with Jesus and says, you got to do something about her. You know, I'm doing all the work. She's not doing anything. There's lots to be done. There's urgency here. And you remember how Jesus responds? Luke 10, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. A few things are needed. Or indeed, only one thing is really, really important here. And Mary has chosen as she sits at my feet, what is better? See, I want my life to be marked by what is better. Because I think what God communicates to us in this picture is God's desire, God's longing to live in relationship with us, to be connected with us. I want my life to be centered around sitting at his feet. And when I'm an old man, I look back on my life. I want to look back on a life that was committed to living in deep relationship with the Father. Is that where you are? So I'll be really clear. I want to be clear, okay? Here's what I want to say to you, that the purpose of the sermon today and the purpose of this series is to challenge you challenge you to discover what Jesus discovered. And that is the blessing of having daily conversations with the Father. So let me be clear. I don't want you to misunderstand anything here, okay? I just want you to hear my heart, that that I want you to discover what Jesus discovered, and that is just the joy and the blessing of having daily conversations with the Father. So let me take you to Jesus, okay? Mark, rather, chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Before I read it to you, let me tell you what's going on. It's, it's actually Sunday, like it's Sunday here. It was Sunday that day when the Scripture is taking place. The day before had been a very busy day for Jesus. He had been teaching in the synagogue, and then he had this really weird encounter with a demon-possessed man. 
It got everybody's attention, I assure you. And then not only was the day long, but the night was even longer because they began to bring lots of people to Jesus to be healed. And so Jesus spent hours and hours with sick people, healing them. And then he goes to sleep. And that's where we pick up. You ready? Very early in the morning. So this is now Sunday morning. While it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. We could probably stop there. And you'd probably say, I get it. I see where you're going. Early in the morning, it was still dark. Jesus got up, leaves the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone's looking for you. You know, there's this sense of urgency, right? Like, what, why did you wander off? This, you know how big yesterday was? Today's going to be even bigger. Next verse says, Jesus replied, let, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That's why I've came, come rather. And so he traveled throughout Galilee preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. And what we learn is that Jesus knew several things. Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew what his mission was. And Jesus knew where his strength came from. So I want you to think about a statement I'm going to make. And, and inwardly, I want you to respond to it, okay? What, what, what do you think about this? Mother Teresa once said this about prayer. She said, prayer is not about asking God for something. It's not. Prayer is about placing yourself in the hands of God at His disposal. You understand that, right? Saying, God, I'm, I'm all ears. I'm, I'm all yours. I'm, I'm here. I'm listening. Prayer is not about asking God for anything. Prayer is about placing oneself in God's hands at his disposal and listening to his voice from the depths of our hearts. Somebody said to Mother Teresa once, when you, when you pray, what do you say to God? And she said, usually I don't say anything, I listen. I understand that there's this opportunity that Scripture allows us to ask God for things and to share our hearts with Him. No doubt about that. But I think for too long we've seen prayer as this, I've got to say some really cool stuff to God and maybe impress Him with my, my words a bit and talk a lot and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and then I say amen and then get up and walk away. When I think that probably there should be a lot more listening and just saying, God, I'm I'm here. And I think that's the pattern that we see in Jesus. So many times you hear Jesus say things like, God, it's, it's not about what I want. Let's just, let's just get right to what, what do you want? It's not my will, Lord, your will. Let's talk about what you want for me. Here I am. I'm, I'm yours. I'm all ears. What, what do you want to say to me? 
And so very early he gets up because he needs to be with the Father. Um, it, it, it's, it's often that he slips away. There's two examples that I'd love to give you. Both are in the Gospel of Luke. The first says, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. So when Luke writes about Jesus, he doesn't say, it happened on occasion, he would, he would slip off. No. Luke says this was kind of like the rhythm of Jesus' life. This, he often did this. This was just kind of the way he lived. He, he often would slip away into the wilderness and pray. And then in another time in chapter 6, he says it was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. It seemed like the more that Jesus had to do, the more he prayed. And the bigger the decisions, the more he prayed. And the busier life was, the more he prayed. And so I, I just kind of went through the scripture and I made a bit of a list. And just kind of trying to give us a picture of the way that Jesus lived his life, okay? So he prayed in the morning. And, and this is just straight from scripture, okay? He prayed in the afternoon and he prayed in the evening. Jesus prayed when he was alone, when he was all by himself. He prayed when he was in public with lots of other people. He prayed, like we said a moment ago, one time all night. Uh, he prayed before he, and that was probably many times, he would pray before he would eat. He would pray before making important decisions. He prayed before he fed the thousands. He prayed before he raised Lazarus from the dead. He prayed before he healed people, and he prayed after he healed people. He prayed, you're getting the point, I think, at this point, aren't you? He prayed at his baptism. He prayed at the transfiguration. He prayed at the return of his 70 disciples. He prayed at the Last Supper. He prayed for Peter's, I mean, this is just straight from Scripture. He prayed for Peter's faith. He prayed for little children. He prayed for himself. He prayed for his disciples. He prayed for everybody who would one day believe. He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed right after he was nailed to the cross. He prayed while he was dying on the cross. He prayed in his dying breath. He prayed after the resurrection. And what is he doing right now? According to scripture, he is praying, interceding for you and me. He's still praying. It, it's kind of like point made, right? If we want to be like Jesus, then probably prayer should be a priority in our lives. Katadioko is a Greek word. And the reason I give you the word is because they looked for him. The, the choice of that word in translation is not, uh, hey, keep your eye open in case you see Jesus. <laughs> it was more like an all-out manhunt. You guys go that way, we'll go this way. You guys go this way, they can go that way. Meet back here at a certain time. We got to find him. It, it communicates urgency. And then the words, when they finally find him, Jesus, everybody, everybody's looking for you, man. Where did you go? We got to get back to Capernaum. You know how big yesterday was? Today is going to be bigger. People are asking questions about the kingdom. They're bringing lots of people to be healed. We, we, I mean, we got to go now. Wait, why in the world did you even come out here to the desert when there's so much to be done in Capernaum? It's, it's, it's urgency. But Jesus never gave in to the urgent. 
Jesus never skipped prayer for the urgent. Jesus prioritized prayer over the urgent. See, I've come to a place in my life that I decided that every day it's, there, there's going to be urgent stuff. I got stuff to do, man. You know? I got to get some stuff done. Man, sometimes I'll look at my, my schedule and I'll just say to Annette, man, tomorrow Annette is packed full. There's always the urgent. And, and so I think we are tempted often, you know, when we've got a busy day to say, I got to get going. But Jesus lived with this other rhythm. And when he had a lot in front of him, he said, I got to start praying. I got to spend extra time in prayer. I got to pray more. That, that was the rhythm of his life. Somebody suggested a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's not a, a book that's written by like a Christian principles of how to develop practices. It's, it's from a psychological perspective, but it's, it's, I enjoyed it. And, and he caught my attention many times. One, one time he caught my attention was in this idea about forming practices or habits in our lives. And he talked about the difference of trying to focus on a goal or what you want to achieve versus focused on what do you want to become. So here's a great example, okay? If you say to somebody, hey, would you like a cigarette? And they say to you, no, I'm trying to quit smoking. So, so that is to focus on a goal or something I wanted to achieve, okay? Trying to quit. However, if you say to a person, hey, would you like a cigarette? And their response is, I'm not a smoker any longer. See, that's more about identity. That's about who I want to become. So if I say to you, as you think about these 21 days of prayer, what, 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 what are you thinking? What's in your heart? And if you say to me, Rick, my goal is I want to pray every day for 21 days. I want to get into that rhythm of praying. So that's, that, that, that's what I want to achieve. That's the goal I want to achieve. But, but if I say to you, what, what are you thinking about when you think about these 21 days of prayer? If you said to me, Rick Harvey, I want to align my heart with the heart of God. See, that's about identity. That's who I want to be. If you said, Rick, I want to be more like Jesus, then that can get me out of bed 15 minutes earlier. See? I think there's this conversation always in prayer where Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Well, what do you think he means by that? I think he means pray continually. I think it means pray when you get up in the morning and pray while you're getting ready and pray while you're eating breakfast and before you eat breakfast and pray in a conversation with a friend and pray on your way to work and pray on your way home and pray while you're in a meeting and pray before you go to bed and pray while you're brushing your teeth. I think it's pray. I think it's just this awareness that God is always with me and my thoughts are kind of always directed to Him and awareness of God. And I think that's good, great. It's awesome. 
But I think there's also this example that Jesus gives us of setting aside a time to pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray this time. I'm going to pray at this place. I'm going to pray this way. And, and that's what I think we see in Jesus. And so, you know that little card that you received when you came in? Would you take it out and maybe flip it over to the back side and you'll see that there is kind of a little three-point idea here. And you don't maybe have to fill it in now, but you might fill it in mentally or you might take it home and you might fill it in tomorrow or today. But here's what I want us to focus on just before we wrap up here, and that is simply this. I think prayer is important, and I think it's important to choose a time to pray. And so I'm talking about developing a practice of daily prayer, daily conversations with God, okay? So I don't know what's best for you. For me, mornings are the best for me. I'm a morning person. I get up talking in the morning, you know. I'm chipper early. And so for me, it's just great to pray in the morning. You may say, if I've got to pray in the morning, I'll never pray. You know, that's not my time of the day, but for me, it works great. I, I love it for many reasons, and I won't try to push all of those on you, but I, I love it. I love praying in the morning, having one-on-one time with God in the morning. That's, that's when I do it. So what, what, what is a good time for you? But I think it's like a, a daily appointment. And, and if you're just starting, you might even say, I'm going to set an alarm on my phone. Uh, to be a reminder because I don't want to forget and I'm not in that kind of practice. If you are in the practice already, I'm asking you to think about improving maybe the quality or quantity of your prayer time with God, your conversation with Him. So this is for everybody. I was challenged yesterday by a statement that I heard in a podcast I was listening to. And so I pull my phone out and I go to my calculator and I start doing the math and I realized that if you multiply 60 times 24, 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a given day, that that is 1,440 minutes in a day. That's how many you get every day, 1,440. And some of those you eat, some of those you sleep, some of those you do all kinds of stuff. 1,440 minutes you have to spend every day. And so what is 1% of 1,440 mathematicians all over the room grinning at me right now. It's 14 minutes and 40 seconds. So just go ahead and be generous and round it on up 20 more seconds to 15 minutes. 1% of your day is 15 minutes. It's 1%. Oh, I know where he's going now. He's going to unload the guilt, isn't he? No, I'm not. I am not. I don't think it's effective. Honestly, don't. To stand here and say, if you really love God, you ought to give him 1%. No, I'm not going to do that. I I think it's bigger than that. But I do think it brings things into perspective. You know, I don't think it takes a ton of your time to begin to establish a practice of a daily conversation with God. And I think there's many of you probably looking at me right now saying, you know what? I could do that. I could do 1%. I could start with that. Maybe read a scripture or a passage and then pray. I could take 15 minutes of my day, 1%, and just kind of be sitting at his feet. 
and maybe take the last few minutes and just be quiet and listen and see if maybe God has something he would love to say to me. So a time. I think the second time we see in Jesus, Jesus went early in the morning. He probably, as a good Jewish boy, also prayed at noon and in the evening, but also find a place. Jesus goes to a solitary place. The Greek word is arenos, and it simply means a desert, solitude, quietness, where nobody is. That's the idea, that you find a place where you can just really tune out everything and just be in God's presence and focus on Him. That's the idea behind just finding a place. There's a place in my house that I go to and pray. It just works best for me. Sometimes I move it around a little, but I got a quiet house. And then the third thing is find a plan. It may be that if you haven't been accustomed to having daily conversations with God. It might not be easy initially. And so what's the plan? They asked Jesus that once. What, what's the plan? You know, here's the way it came down. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Hey, Lord, teach us to pray just like John taught his disciples. And so you know what Jesus does? He says, Okay, you want a plan? I'll give you a plan. Matthew chapter 6, here's what he says. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's getting everything in perspective. God, that's who you are. That's where you are. This is who I am. This is where I am. Your holy worship, understanding who God is. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Start with me, my heart. Let me live in surrender to you. Let your will be done in me. It's, it's a surrender. Give us today our daily bread. It's, it's an acknowledging that every good thing I have comes from the hand of God. Forgive us our debts. Help me, Lord, to be forgiven. I confess, you know, and help me to forgive the people who have hurt me. And this is about the rest of the day. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. It's a really great plan. And I think it should inform all of our prayers. But for you initially, you may say, I'm just going to take the Lord's prayer. And that's what we're going to focus on these next two weeks. And I'm going to just pray, kind of letting that be my God. It's a great way to pray. And, and then you just venture and you have fun and you explore and you do all kinds of good things. And like I have this plan. I begin, uh, you know, my prayer time when I get to the praying for others, I, I pray for people who are closest to me. I start every day by praying for Annette. She's the first person I pray for in the mornings, you know. And then, and then I have this other, David Busick preached here a few months ago, remember on prayer, and I began to use that little outline that he had given. It was just helpful to me, and I arranged my prayer on my phone in that way. And, you know, I began to pray, you know, on and on for, you know, uh, people who are important to me. I pray for uh, things that are important to me. I pray for, you know, my, my divine appointments, my daily schedule. I pray for people who are sick. I think that as a pastor, one of my responsibilities is to intercede for people, to pray for people. Pray the prayer of the saints. Just take a scripture like we did this morning for the kids and just pray the scripture. So here's what I'm asking of you. 21 days starting the new year. I will either begin daily conversations with God or I will improve in my daily conversations with God. 
And I'll close with this simple promise. It's in James chapter 4. Come near to God. He'll come near to you. If you show up, guess what? He says, I'll show up. Come near to me, I'll come near to you. So would you stand with me and let me pray for you? Father, in this mystery of what we call prayer that we don't claim to fully get or understand, we believe that you hear us and we believe that you speak to us. And so here's what I simply pray today for this community of faith that you will help us, Father, in Jesus' name, to rise to new, to better, to stronger daily conversations with you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.